Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Presented by Progressive Insurance, the great Tim Legler in my studio. We're going to get to Harden. We're going to get to Draymond. We're going to get to the Celtics and more. But very quickly, as the rest of the country joins us, you were telling me as you were flying up here. Yes. That you, there's a woman sitting next to you on the plane. And she proceeds, when you were obviously trying to watch a movie, to just chat with you. She just wants to make small talk and will not stop no matter how many sort of passive signals you're giving that you're done with the conversation. Never met this person. She had no idea who I was, so it wasn't like a recognition thing at all. She tapped me. I pulled the bud out of my ear to see what she needed. And I think the first thing out of her mouth was she proceeded to tell me why she was on that flight flying from Tampa to New York. That's and like the first word out of her flying? mouth. What was the reason? It was family business and whatnot. She had a lot of loose ends to tie up with some certain with certain things and whatnot. And uh and proceeded then to find out basically almost the entire history of her life. <laughs> she talked to you for an hour. Literally never stopped at any point. And by the way, a couple times I got sucked into maybe, hey, tell a little bit about my life. Oh, yeah. She wasn't interested in that. She didn't listen to you. Had no interest whatsoever in anything to do with my life. And I, I'm glad actually because that probably would have just prolonged everything. And not that it could have gotten any longer. You know what I did? What? We hit the ground. Where I'm in row one. We, the plane lands, so we're going to be the first two people off the plane. I have a backpack. I run. I proceed to run. <laughs> and she, I can hear her behind me, like, trying to keep up as we're headed to baggage claim. So I just pulled my phone out, and I just called my daughter. I and said, listen. Chatting. And she's like, what's going on? I, I said, just, just save me. Act like you're talking just to me. Just save me. We have right. to pretend like we're talking. I go down the escalator. I'm looking at, you know, where's the, what belt are my bags on? And I feel the presence over my right shoulder. And she's standing there. And she's waiting to resume the conversation. But I still had the phone up to my ear like I was talking to my daughter. By this point, she had long hung up. And I was just faking the phone call. And then eventually we went our separate ways. Thank God she didn't have bags to claim. She apparently went to, like, ground transportation. I went over to get my bags. That that is a difficult moment. Look, these are all the little interactions in life that we all have to learn how to navigate. And you're right. that There does come a point when if if you have the gumption, you literally have to look that person in the eye and say, listen, we have to stop talking now. Like, you can feign work. Like, that's the one thing you can do is you can say, look, I'm a basketball analyst. And if you put, like, highlights on your screen and say, I have to do this by the time we land or whatever it is, you can feign a reason why the conversation must end. Well, I used to have a friend that we nicknamed him the baton because if, you, if he was engaged in a conversation with you and any other third party walked up, you handed him <laughs> off to that person. <laughs> And then you immediately kind of you know, slid off to the side. And you, it, was a, it was very subtle. You some, found some way to connect these two people. And then you would slip away when that conversation started. So became the baton. What movie were you watching, by the way? I, I was actually watching a series on Netflix, like an international espionage series. Which one? Fauda. Oh, okay. F-A-U-D-A. Fauda. I don't know that one. I'm it's watching fo- it's, it's, it's a foreign subtitled the whole bit, but I'm to- so into it. Okay. Season two, it's amazing. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I, I never am the person watching stuff, so now I'm watching stuff, so now I like having that conversation. Okay, now we'll get to the basketball. I think that 
I don't need you as an NBA analyst and expert to tell me James Harden is done because I can see that. Anyone watching can see that. My question is, what do you do if you're the 76ers? Which is to say, they are unfortunately going to lose this series. And they're going to have a built-in excuse. In fact, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Joel got hurt. You have no chance. If Harden plays the best he's ever played in his life, they don't win this series without Joel Embiid. So you can easily walk away from this and tell the world, and maybe if, you're, if you are so inclined, tell yourself, this might have been totally different if we had Joel. And you can go ahead and give James Harden $250 million for the next five years to play for your team. And you can be stuck with what will maybe immediately and certainly soon be one of the worst contracts of all time. Or you can cut your losses. You can acknowledge that the trade you made in February turned out to be a colossal mistake and not double down on that mistake. At least, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Do you see the, the decision the same way I see the decision? Well, the only thing I will say is this. The trade is it's retroactively you're going to view it that way. I 100% agree that they had to make that trade. Because you, you took yourself in a situation where you were not a contender. With Ben Simmons, you were not a contender. And they proved that last year by losing to Atlanta. Obviously, when he's sitting on the sideline, you didn't replace him. You're not a contender. You took yourself to another shelf. And you put yourself in the conversation by making that trade. That's why I said they won it. Because the Nets were already a contender. They're still a contender after getting Simmons. For me, to, when you change status in the league and how you're viewed as a team, you've won the trade when the other team didn't do that. But when you make a trade and you're bringing in an asset like him, and you're giving up an asset like Simmons, whatever the, the obvious flaws are, and you cut that guy loose in three months, then that's what I mean by a mistake. I, I, I recognize they got better this year. Yeah. But they did not bring him there with the intention of saying, okay, this is going to be a rental. They were in this to buy. And I guess what I'm asking you is right now, would you still be doing that? I would have a very hard time making that kind of an offer to him, but I also know that that's just not the way the league operates, the way, the way I just said I would. That's just not what happens. You went out, you got They're the guy. Do it. You gave up a lot to get him. You are going to give him a ton of money. Now, will it be five for two fifty or whatever that number is for a supermax? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can somehow negotiate on a three-year contract at the same average salary if that's what he wants to do. But he's a supermax player. That's how he has been throughout his career. He's in that category. He's got that status. So that most likely is going to be what Daryl Morey does because they've gone all in on this. And then what you hope for is. He's not going to get better year after year. You hope that, hey, maybe Tyrese Maxey is a legitimate perennial all-star caliber player, which he looks like he's got the potential to be. And you've still got pretty darn good fourth player, fourth option of Tobias Harris, who had 27 last night as your fourth best player. And you hope that, hey, maybe they can overcome what James Harden is next. It's the next version of him is going to be. The problem with that, though, is James Harden only knows one way to play. The way he's playing now, the way he's played for the last decade. The problem is it just doesn't look as good because he's not as efficient because physically he does not win all those matchups he, he used to routinely win. Nuno brought up a pretty good question earlier today. I'll ask it to you. Does Embiid insert himself into that somewhere? Which is to say, Joel can see what all the rest of us can see. And another three, four, five years is probably tying him up now for the rest of Embiid's prime. He's not a player who's going to be at his best when he's 36. So where do you think Embiid lands in You'd be all this? foolish not to have this conversation with Joel Embiid and see like where he is on what this. What do you think he'll – he in an honest this. moment, what do you think he thinks? I think there's no question in my mind. Joel Embiid knows watching him now for a couple of months 
And that first few four or five games were great. It was a honeymoon. They were playing bad defensive teams. And it looked like this pairing is really going to be something special. I actually thought it could be. And the more you watched him, the more you see how much he's lost. And I think Joel Embiid is more aware of that than anybody. And this is going to be the guy that's the primary action creator for your offense going forward. Even though you're the best player, this is the guy that's creating all the action coming up the floor, possession after possession. I think Joel Embiid, if he were to be fully honest, would know you're not going to be able to get it done with that pairing in the state that James Harden is in. And this is not something that's going to, you know, he just needs to do this. I hear people say, oh, he just needs to shoot more. He needs to be more aggressive as a scorer. There's a reason he's not being, because he, he knows he's not capable of efficiently winning that. So as a result, he's not exactly sure how he can affect the game offensively the way that he used to. It's a very tough place for him to be in. And this isn't an indictment of James Hart. It happens to everyone. This guy had the highest usage rate in the history of the league for a decade. It's going to hit you sooner probably than some other guards uh, that can play maybe deeper into their career at the same level. It's a drop-off now that I think is going to be with him going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And, you know, I used to, I used to think of James Harden as the way running backs like Barry Sanders would always say, I'm looking at the second guy. I know I'm going to beat the first guy easily. Just my own natural moves. I'm going to beat the first guy who might tackle me. I'm looking at the second guy. And that was Harden. He was going to beat who's ever guarding him. And then he's figuring out what's going to be happening in the lane when he gets there. He can't beat the first guy anymore. And that's the problem. Think about it, Greeny. Last night I, just, I did a tape. So some, think of some of these switches he got. You know, Max Struess. The guy plays hard. I mean, Max Struess and James Harden. Yeah. Uh, Bam Adebayo, elite defensive center. He's a center. He's 28 to 30 feet from the basket keeping him in front of him. Yeah. Right. Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent. I mean, you name it. Whoever the, whoever he got to switch with, he he PJ Tucker, who's a physical guy, not necessarily that quick laterally. James Harden couldn't win any of those. And so this is what it's going to look like for him a lot of nights. Now what you hope is hey, Joel Embiid, if he's given us thirty and occupying as many defenders as he does, it will make it easier for Harden than it was last night. When you're asking him now, hey, go be vintage Harden from four years ago. We really need that tonight. And uh, you saw what the result was. Now, and their roster is not great. They don't have good enough shooting. They're very thin on their bench. And those guys didn't help at all last night. I mean, they're, they're role playing three point shooters, six for thirty four as a team. And you look at two of the main guys, you know, Niang and Danny Green, really, really struggled with good looks. Would that help Harden? It would help him marginally. It would not be the difference in Harden having a 30-point night if those guys make threes. Very quickly, running through the other series. Uh, Phoenix is just better than Dallas, as great as Doncic is. Let's put that to the side. Golden State, to me, is going to beat Memphis. If Memphis was going to win this series, they were going to win game one. At home, Draymond, uh, you know, getting thrown out. Thompson played bad. Steph played bad. Them losing that game. Let's go to the other one, then. Boston-Milwaukee. Giannis looks unbelievable. They're playing without Middleton. They steal game one. What's going to happen in that? How, how does that thing play? Well, out? imagine if you went up to Ime Udoka before the game and said, listen, I can tell you for a fact, this will be Giannis's worst offensive game of the series. Right. You feel pretty good about your chances to win. <laughs> right. Right. You didn't. He was still by far the most dominant player on the floor, despite the fact he missed 16 shots, five free throws, had five turnovers, because he's just that good. He physically does things to you defensively that you really can't prepare for. Your personnel doesn't make up for it. Now, Boston, they're as good as it gets defensively in this league. They, they, they tend to flood the paint on, on, on penetration. They don't let guys get hung out to dry on an island. So Giannis, they're sending guys. The problem is 
he's so strong. His stride is so long. He plays through all of it. And, and then the first half was a masterpiece in him finding three-point shooters. He made the Celtics pay every time they wanted to overcommit to him. And they spread it out, three or four different guys, you know, hitting a couple threes each in the first half. It's all Giannis needed. That's what James Harden needed last night. But Giannis really needed that. And then second half, I can be more physically dominant as a scorer. Um, Boston, I, I picked Milwaukee to win the series. I think it could be a six-game series. Jalen Brown's got to be a lot better, obviously. He mm-hmm. will. Tatum's got to be better. He'll, he'll be better tonight. Marcus Smart, I'm a little bit concerned about. The biggest key is this. You can't take 53s, and you've got to do a better job getting to their three-point shooters. We haven't talked at all about Boston's defense. They've got to get to their three-point shooters to make those more contested. I, look, I think Boston's got a great chance to win this game. I will not be surprised if Milwaukee's up 2-0. Yeah, and that would pretty much be all she wrote. Legs, you are the best. Thank you, my man, got as it. always. Coming up next, we will talk about a player who finds himself in maybe the most unique and terrible situation I can ever remember in sports. That's after this, CSPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are around us. And, you know, help me with this. Bubba, let me let me come to you as as sort of the elder statesman of the group here. And for those of you who don't know me, Bubba has been around the sports world for a very long time before he began his career in radio production. Bubba worked in front offices in multiple different sports, primarily in a marketing capacity, but also uh, at different times in personnel. But, uh, and, and in all three of the, of the biggest sports here, he was in baseball and, and football and in basketball. So you understand all this. Have you ever seen a player in exactly the situation Baker Mayfield is in right now, which is his team has him. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. He doesn't want to be there anymore. No other team wants him. So he's just going to sit there and do nothing for the foreseeable future. And that could go on for a very long time, despite the fact that the team that still controls his rights and will pay him $19 million this year is going to have its quarterback suspended for some period of time at the beginning of this season. I wouldn't be shocked if it's the entire year. And I think it's going to be a minimum of half a season. So, and I base that on, not on any knowledge. I want to make it clear. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. But he's going to be suspended for some period of time. In a normal universe, the Browns would just say, well, let's hang on to Baker. Let him, let him be our quarterback for that period of time. He'd say, that's my best chance of getting on the field right now. I can show the world I can still play and get myself a better contract for the following season. 
In a world without emotion, that would be what would happen here. Yes, but it isn't. So tell me how it does work out. Yeah, I think this is definitely unprecedented. Trying to think back to any possible time this has happened, and I can't think of one. So I honestly don't know how it's going to work out any possible way that is going to be a positive because, yeah, this is completely unprecedented, and Baker's not helping himself, and I don't – yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't have an answer of how this is going to work out because, like you said, I think Deshaun's clearly going to be suspended, but Baker's just going to keep talking and keep digging himself more holes. And I don't know. I mean, do you think are they just going to finally just release him and move on? I don't know. What roster is he on week one? Week one of this NFL season, Bubba. What team will he be on? What roster will he be on? I. I'm going to I don't know I'm going to say not a non-Browns team. I don't think I don't think he's going to be on the Browns. Okay. So one way or another he gets moved. Nuno, if you're the Browns, would you call up him or his agents and say, "Listen, until we know what the deal is with Deshaun, he's not going anywhere. And if he wants to get paid those 19 million dollars, he's going to come here when the mandatory time to come here comes, and he's going to play quarterback because that's his job." Would you do that? Well, if you're the Browns and you ask yourself Baker or Jacoby Brissett uh, going into it, depending on how long Watson is suspended, like I still, no matter what, you tell him to just sit down and shut up. You're going to get paid. We're not releasing you because you're not going to uh, do any do him any favors at this point in time. So it, it's like, hey, he can yap, and the more he yaps, we don't have to release him. We'll make his life even more miserable. Well, but but go back to your previous question: Who's your starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett? I don't know. Like I know this. Stop it! Of course you know. <laughs> well, no, Greeny. Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than that. We are acting like Baker Mayfield is so much worse than he actually is. He was ridiculously hurt all of last year a year ago today we were talking we were debating whether or not Baker Mayfield was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL we weren't talking about whether he was better than most teams backups I mean let's 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 be real here Nuno I get it he is not he's not worthy of having been the first pick in the draft but he's not nearly as bad as he looked last year he was hurt starting in week two Fine, but there's the other the other elephant in the room is his teammates. Those guys probably don't want him in the locker room, right? Because yeah. you saw it. They sided like there was this deciding with Odell and things of that nature. We've seen it with guys within the league. Robbie Anderson, like, hell no, I don't want this guy as my quarterback. So that's the other prospect that, that or other thing that they need to figure out is can does do his teammates want him in that in that locker room? That's a better point. That's the best point that's been made so far. Hembo, why is it? What is it about him? Like, fan, look, I don't think players care that he's got commercials. I don't know if they do or they don't. Like, why is it that all these guys seem not to have his back? If I just had to guess, I think it's because he does not put in the work. If I just had to guess, because if you're his teammate or you're just, say, an opponent who just knows of his reputation— you can live with him saying random stuff and being abrasive so long as he's going to contribute to winning. But if you know that there are things happening professionally under the surface that you can't stomach, to me that's a line that you can't cross. You can not love a guy and be his teammate and try and win together. But if he's not trying to, uh, as hard to win as you're trying to win, that can be the only thing that I could think of. Like it's his, It has to be his professionalism. But even so, to your point, Greeny, the last time we saw him healthy— he was a 10th-ranked quarterback in the league. 
He led the Browns to the second round of the playoffs with a 21st-ranked defense in the sport. The idea that he's not a clearly better option than Jacoby Brissett is obviously absurd. Yeah. He's obviously better than Jacoby Brissett. See, so, so I know I am a professional overreactor. I understand that I have a well-deserved reputation as being one who lives in the moment. But I feel a need to be a, a, a reasonable voice in all of this. Baker Mayfield has been in the NFL for four years. His first season, he took over in, in, during week three against the Jets on a Thursday night and led the Browns to their first win in two years. He had a very respectable, and they had a very respectable season. By the standards of having been the worst team in the history of the sport leading into that, they did awfully well, and he did awfully well. He set the rookie touchdown record. That set year. the rookie touchdown record on a team that had been 0-16 the year before. The following year, what's the name of that coach? Freddie Kitchens? It was the, the worst that coach. I, I mean, with all due respect, he didn't know whether the football was was blown up or stuffed with feathers. You can't coach a team worse. That's a Parcells expression. You can't coach a team worse than that team was coached. It was obviously, he could not have been more over his head. No one could have succeeded under those ridiculous circumstances, and he didn't. He came back the next year in a new offense and played really well, really well. That team made the playoffs. They beat the Steelers on the road in a playoff game when their coach was back home with COVID. He actually played easily well enough to beat Kansas City on the road the following week. That's who he was. Then this past year, he did the dumbest thing a quarterback can do, which is he got hurt making a tackle. And you know how I feel about that. And from that moment when he had a torn labrum in his shoulder, he should never have set foot on the field again. We, he would be in a completely different place right now. The world would see him totally differently, and teams would have been clamoring to trade for him if he had gotten the surgery immediately after the injury. But no, he didn't do that. He did what football players are supposed to do. He tried to tough it out and play for his team and play for his teammates. And he stunk as a result of it because he was banged up beyond belief. And that's how he finds himself. But the idea that he's not better than Jacoby Brissett, what are you talking about? Of course he is. Baker Mayfield is not nearly as bad as he's making out to be. And, and Orlovsky is right when he says someone could wind up looking like a genius by bringing this guy in. They're going to have to trade him if you were not with us at the beginning of the show. There is a notion out there that they're going to like tra- have to trade like Baker Mayfield and a second-round pick to get a sixth-round pick in return, just to get someone to take the money off their hands. That's going to be the steal of a, of, of a lifetime for somebody. We're writing that guy off too soon. Now, he needs to get it. He's part of the problem himself. And if he doesn't ever get it, then he won't solve the problem. But he's got a chance to. And the ESPN Daily Podcast brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of our hundreds of reporters every day, presented by Supercuts. It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. Coming up, the biggest change we've ever seen in sports is in full effect. We better be sure we're good with it. We'll explain right after this on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny, back with you here as we roll along. Lots still to get to, but this is the part of the show where Nuno gets to pick a soundbite, and it's a pretty good I'm sorry what. This is Paul Reed of the 76ers making his final appearance ever at the podium after a playoff game because after playing 13 minutes last night and having no negligible impact on the outcome of the game, they sent him up there to talk to the media and he said he still believes his team can win, and here's why. We can definitely beat this team. Uh, I think we go out there, we be more physical than them, and play more aggressive and keep them on their heels. Uh, they're going to fold. They're going to fold. Um, and, you know, I asked J.B. Bickerstaff, who is uh, doing some analysis for us, he's the coach of the Cavs now, on Get Up about that this morning, and he said that who you are really has a lot to do with your – ability to say something like that, which is to say, if Harden said it or Embiid said it, we might roll our eyes, but there's really nothing the coach is going to do about it. When Paul Reed says it, with no disrespect meant to Paul, who was an NBA player, but when someone like him says something like that, that's something the coach has to get involved in, right? Well, of course. I mean, you're right. That'll be the last time that he speaks without question. Also, what he said just isn't true. Like, if right now the Sixers' best player is supposed to be James Harden. When your best player is this version of James Harden, you are never going to be more physical or more aggressive than a team coached by Eric Spolstra, whose <laughs> best player is Jimmy Butler. Like, right. if the Sixers are going to win the series, if they're going to get back in the series, it's not going to be that way, dude. It's not. So I'm not here for any of it. You know, they're talking... That soundbite would make it sound like the Sixers are the hard hat and lunch pail team in this series, right? They're the opposite of that. The opposite. Uh, James Harden is the star with the star treatment and where's my call and all that. And Butler and Adebayo and those guys are the give me my hard hat, give me my lunch pail, I'm going to go work today. And, and that's the, they're the team like that. That's the last way in the world I would describe them is one that is going to fold if you get physical with them. No, the heat culture. Heat culture, you hear it preached time and time again when, yeah. when anytime they do games on TV, that they, they lean into that. Like, that's their thing. That's their identity. The idea <laughs> that of, of any team, the Miami Heat are going to fold is completely ridiculous. Just yeah. don't say it, even if you think it, and also don't think it. Yes, he shouldn't be thinking no. it in the first place. After they just drummed us. If that's what their team is preaching, guys, they're going to fold if we just throw a couple of elbows, um, then I think they're going about this the wrong way. All right, lots of business still to take care of here. We continue in exactly 15 seconds. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio <laughs> in 30 seconds. Uh, we'll do a green light here. A couple of changes in plans of what we're doing. I'll run it down for you in half a minute right after this word from ZipRecruiter. According to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture, is key to attracting and keeping great employees. If you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter with technology that finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review the candidates, invite your top choices to apply. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E. 
G-R-E-E-N-Y. Green Light with Greeny. And I'm going to save the college NIL stuff for another day. That's what I meant when I said a huge change in sports. I think that really requires like a full hour to dive into because there's we are seeing an entire sport just transformed, not even a sport, a way of life transformed completely and thoroughly right before our eyes and immediately. Um, and it's jarring. And we're going to have to dive at some point deeply into it. But instead, I'm going to give Hembo a green light here because we've done no baseball on the show in a little while because we've been so busy with other stuff. What are the most important things a baseball fan needs to be thinking about right this minute? Green, you mentioned earlier today that it is my birthday and I have decided that in my age 32 season, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to, on occasion, admit that I'm wrong. Today, I'm admitting that I'm wrong about something. The New York Yankees are way better. Than I thought they'd be. Uh-oh. Way Hold better. Up. Nuno, are you listening to this? This is the man. This is my main man, Hembo. This is why people shake nerds. Who told us the Yankees were going to finish fourth in the mm-hmm. American League East. And now they've won eight. No. Is it nine? No. Is it ten games in a row, Nuno, that they have won and Hembo is groveling at your feet? And they actually beat a real team. So that, I think that's why uh, we see this kind of change in uh, Hembo. Cole, uh, you know. Uh, Cole has been pretty good his last two uh, mm-hmm. starts. I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I'm still not buying it um, myself. Like, I need to see a little bit more, but, like, I'm liking it. So so the facts are these, Greeny. They have won 10 games in a row, like you mentioned. At 17-6, and six, they have the best record in baseball. And during that 10-game win streak, they have out-homered their opponent 21 to seven. So this is a year in which the baseball is not flying. They've decided to add the humidors to the stadiums. The balls just aren't flying the way that they were before. It's going to be a whole thing this summer. But what the Yankees have is a couple guys for whom it doesn't matter what the balls are like or how big the ballparks are because they have guys with massive power. And that's helping the, the, the Yankees become a much better offense than they thought they'd be. Look, right now they lead the American League in runs and they've allowed the fewest runs. <laughs> That's a really good formula to win a lot of baseball games. Right now, they're just good at everything. Aaron Judge is mashing, and it looks like he bet on himself, and that was the right decision. Look, I was wrong. Right now, the Yankees look like the best team in baseball. And, but is that going to stay? To Nuno's point, are you, does this have staying power? Because here we are, May, whatever this is, third. Mm-hmm. Are we still going to feel this way on July 3rd? I think it is unlikely that the Yankees finish with the best record in baseball, say, but I've seen enough here over the last month, despite the easy schedule that they've played, that they're definitely a playoff team. Okay. The pitching staff has been excellent, and Garrett Cole is starting to shape up. And the lineup has a lot more length and, and sort of sneaky big news. They spent so much time and energy in the offseason improving their defense. Their defense, and this year there's a lot more um, balls that aren't flying out of the ballpark. That's made a big difference, too. They've improved in the margins. Brian Cashman has built a better roster top to bottom than I thought. I think this is a 95 or 100 win team, and it's only taken one month of data to tell me that I was wrong about it. All right, I like that, Hambo. You're a bigger man than I expected you to be. You have mm. one more note for Green Light or That's no? That's all I got. Okay, well, I, like, I like that one. We'll have more on that as we go. In the meantime, Bubba, I want you to be aware of an exchange that took place last night oh God. between Hembo and me. Okay? Oh, oh, God. And I want you to be the judge of this. What did he do now? So Hembo texts me something last night that I deemed to be good news. It doesn't really matter what that news is. It's about another project. It has nothing to do with this show or anything like that. He just texted me something that was good news. And I responded by sending him a gif of 
like a big fat guy dancing. <laughs> it's just like like a happy dance. Is this, this James, sort of a, is this James Harden? A big heavy set guy. No, it's <laughs> it's the, the no. guy. It's just a big heavy set guy doing like a little happy dance. You know, you've seen those. Sure. Everyone knows what I'm referring to. You don't need to be any more descriptive than that. It's Got just it. a just a happy guy doing a happy dance. <sighs> to which Hembo responds, "I think you're too old to send memes." I wrote him back. That's a gif, you idiot. So he's telling me yeah. that I'm too old to send a meme when he evidently, Mr. 32-year-old, doesn't know what a meme <laughs> actually is. Correct. And I then said, you know, here's the truth. You're much older than I am. Hembo may be chronologically 22 years younger than me. Right. But in all the ways that matter, he's at least 20 years older than me. So I would like your take on that exchange. A, am I too old? Uh, am I too old to be sending gifts, which is what that is, not a meme? And second of all, if anyone should be saying that, <laughs> is Hembo the last person on planet Earth who should be saying it? Oh, absolutely! You can send. You're good to go. You can send it. Hembo yeah. will be better off. Let's just seclude him somewhere and just give him a landline and take away his phone because that's yeah. what he deserves. I mean, how does he not know the difference between a gif and uh, a meme? I don't understand. So when this happened and you texted me back, yeah, I yelled to my wife. She was upstairs watching Netflix or something, and I was like, "Liz, is there a difference between a gif and a meme?" She was outraged that I did not know. Do you know who asked that question too? Who? who? 80 year olds. Yeah, exactly. That's what grandmothers are asking their their grandchildren these days. So if you took a cross section of 132 year olds in America, would I be the only one that did not know the difference? Yes. What's the difference? I think, honestly, I think you might be the only one. I still don't know. The only one. A meme, I I can't believe I have to explain this to you, is a still photo with like a caption. And, And the caption is what's funny about it. Like the Northwestern kid? Like the... No, that's a GIF. He's crying and he's acting out. He's so doing, a GIF he's is a moving. Video. Anything that's moving. A GIF is a very short video that tells a story unto itself. It conveys an emotion. So, like, so this fat guy doing a dance is happy. So when you sent me good news, I sent back a little, hey, I'm happy. A meme is like... Uh, I don't know, like a picture of Bernie Sanders and like a little <laughs> caption underneath it that says something funny that is kind of in its own way thought-provoking and interesting okay. and funny. So now that we have reconciled that. No, no. We haven't reconciled yeah, anything. Sure have. You have now learned the difference between two things that everyone else in America already knew. We're also looking at the actual text exchange between you two. And yeah. on the text from Greeny, it says GIF right on it. Yeah. It, it says th- GIF under the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good. and you and you said thirty-two. I think you might even go up up ten years. I think from ten to forty-two, maybe even more, would know the difference. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Now that I have been admonished, yeah, what is the statute of limitations? What is the because to me, like when you send me that, like that's something that like my sister would send me or some young person. Are we saying that if you're when you become an eighty-year-old man like I am now, you're still allowed to to, to sort of engage in this kind of texting etiquette? Is there uh, Bubba, an age at which you are too old to send gifts or memes. Let's just say, let's put the two of them together. For the purposes of this discussion, they are both nonverbal ways of, 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 of conveying something. Do emojis go in the same category or no? Because most mm. old people I know do use emojis. Like, I get a lot of... The older the person oh, they, they love that them. is texting me, the, the more emojis I get. Yeah, they love huh. them. 
Uh, maybe because they, they think it's something new and fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because it is. If you're my age, and I lived in a world without emojis. Do you remember a world before there were emojis? No. I'm going to tell you a story. What Go you, watch. You, what? You don't remember a world before emojis? Well, I mean, I, I, never, I, would, I never had a phone without that being an option. Okay, what yeah, that's what I mean. He's only 32. That's, so, I mean, crazy. he may not remember that. Uh, how long have there been emojis? I don't even know. But I can tell you this. There's an episode of Modern Family, so we can look up when this episode happened, in which Phil Dunphy, my favorite character on, on, on Modern Family, um, is describes something that comes to him on his phone, I won't get into the story, as a sad-faced emoticon. Emo- he uses the word emoticon. So we weren't using the word emoji then, and that's not 60 years ago. That show was on like 10 years ago, right? So emojis have not been around all that long. But the point is, at what age, Bubba, must I stop sending gifts if there is such an age? I think you can send them for however long you want until you get to the point when you start sending the wrong ones. When, mm. you, when you mean to send one, but you send the wrong one, and they just become completely out of context. As long as you're sending a happy one when you mean to send a happy one, and like a sad one, supposed to be sad or whatever, you're fine. I have a few go-to gifts. I think everyone it does. Sounds like you right? like a lot of people dancing. That seems. To be I your like. Thing. I, I, my, you know what my favorite one is? If someone sends me something that's funny, or if I want to respond in such a way that this is making me laugh, if you type in hysterical laughing at your thing, there is a clip of Mike Tyson hysterically laughing. He's like sitting on a couch. He's obviously on some talk show. Oh, yeah, and, I, and, I know and what you're talking he's about. He's yeah. laughing, and he's he's he. It is my favorite one. So when anything <laughs> makes me hysterically laugh, I go to the Mike Tyson gif. Something I don't like also about the way that you text, if we're just going to open up the floodgates now. Go ahead. The amount of punctuation that you use, I think, is rather <laughs> excessive. Like, if you use a period at the end of a sentence or a phrase, my assumption is that you're, you're being short, you're upset about something. Like, I, I think that the period... In that context, it's unneeded. It's, it's too formal. It's unnecessary. So my kids make fun of me for that as well, for using punctuation in Please. texts. Let me ask you a question, Bubba. If I send you a text and it has a semicolon in it, do you have a problem with God. that? I personally don't because I'm someone who uses punctuation and all that in my text as well. So I'm using periods nonstop and exclamation point, all that. So I personally Stop don't. I, I think uh, the average person, though, I think would get offended. Yeah. I do think they get thoroughly confused because it's just one giant run-on sentence. That's correct. For most people. But I, I'm I'm dividing it up. I'm capitalizing letters. Right. I'm doing everything correctly. I'm ch- I'm doing everything. I'm spelling it out. I'm writing two PM. Like I'm writing everything out. And let me explain but, why yeah, you're smart. That's the way it should be. I'm going to tell you why you should be. Not because, not for any sort of nebulous, it's the right thing to do or it's the way we've always done things. It removes the ambiguity. How many times right, no does someone send you a text and the first thing you have to do is figure out what they mean, right? Like, what is exactly do they mean by this? Or do you have to write back, well, did you mean this or did you mean this? Sure. I am, I'm giving you as much information in this text as the medium allows. And frequently, the punctuation, punctuation doesn't exist for no reason. Like, we created this because it... It brings clarity and, 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 and other things that are good to dialogue, to conversation. I am good if you send a two-sentence text message, right. if you have a period after the first. Okay. But no text message should ever end with a period. Because if you send that same text with a period and you send the same text without a period, I assume if it ends with the period, you're upset. 
is that is he right about There's that? Some finality there. Is, Bubba, is I don't that, know is why that you would feel like you're upset after a period. Me neither. I mean, I mean I don't, if I send an exclamation yeah, point, I, I don't get the correlation. Then I can see there. you feeling that way. <laughs> you know what? While we're on the subject, you know what else is a little confusing to me? The what, what do they call the thing when you respond to a text by just holding it down and then choosing one of the five things they've given you an option for? Loving it, uh, exclamation pointing it, questioning it. And, and thumbs upping and thumbs downing it, right? What is that called? I what, don't know. What is that impression? Is you that know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Like, like, it's like a reaction yeah. button, I think, yeah. How'd they arrive at those choices? Like, like, are those the most common? Because this, if you send me something and I want to demonstrate to you, Bubba, that I like it, I feel like the only option I have is to give it a love. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. And there's an element of that that feels overdone. Well, you could just like it. Why don't you? But how do I like it? You can't just like something. Yeah, they're not giving up, you a more, they're not giving you a more subtle way of demonstrating positivity. The thumbs up is like no, no. Thumbs no, up, I, I think, is agreement. Mm-hmm. Like a thumbs up. If you say, "Do you want to go to? You know, do you want to have Italian food for dinner tonight?" I write thumbs up. Mm-hmm. But if you say, "Greeny, we got uh, Gary Bettman for the show tomorrow," I gotta hit love it. <laughs> when in reality, I just like it, and I feel like on some level, I'm almost sending you the love, like. Thanks, yeah, the, Bubba. The, the, no, Love the, you. The thumbs up literally transfer, translates to like. Like. Because, uh, yeah, like when I, I texted Liam something, and, he, and, it, and he, he gave me the thumbs up, and it says on my phone, Liam liked what I said. I see. So, the so I've up, been interpreting that wrong is yeah, what you're, you're saying. Yeah, you're going way too hard with the, uh, the heart. I've always interpreted that to mean I agree with no, something, which are not the same like. thing. What do you May- think of this? Maybe he's hem- Hembo's right. Maybe you should stop using gifts and all that stuff. Well, no, I think that the gifts are working, but maybe I need to. I need to rethink. Nuna, where do you stand on all of this? You're like a. You're like a, a just sort of a crotchety. <laughs> oh uh, man, no, I'm all for gifts and memes uh, and you know likes and thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, it's how about punctuation? Let me let me, let me look up. I Nuno's do the text. three punctuation when I want to continue another thought. But Greeny, you're right. We're definitely missing a mere like acknowledgement like you, you can acknowledge something without liking it what i don't like is when you acknowledge or like or love or haha something and i receive a notification for it as if you have sent me a message back when i am merely learning that you laughed at something acknowledged something or liked something i'm, I'm looking at nuno's most recent texts to me there's a ton of punctuation in here he's got question hmm. marks he's he's capitalizing in the right places let me find <laughs> yours Here's let me let me find yours to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, see, you never you have no punctuation in here that's whatsoever. That's a text message. I'm not writing a term paper. That's this ridiculous. Isn't, this isn't double. And this space. guy's gonna race two Aerial. little girls. We're screwed. I don't think MLA. This, I don't think this makes any sense at all. All right. Well, one way or another, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I, I, <laughs> I, I am under no circumstances going. Let me put it this way: until you know the difference and can recite it back to me between a GIF and a meme, I'm continuing to send both. Didn't Alex Trebek call that a GIF? There was some debate between the GIF and the GIF, and then the guy who invented it weighed in and said it's a GIF. Got it. Fair enough. All right. It's been a fun day. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever with much more tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.